It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. we got a good one. It's uh, it's Friday. We don't have music, but we are going to go to Hollywood and uh, look at um, American filmmaking uh, considered film noir with uh, a film historian and author. Andrew Dickos joins me during the third half of our three-hour tour to talk about his book, Street with No Name, A History of the Classic American Film Noir. And and I don't know if uh, if you're at all like me. I, I love those old black and white uh, Philip Marlowe and uh, Sam Spade, all the uh, um, Raymond Chandler type stuff, uh, those those detective stories but but that style of filmmaking those old black and whites and i love humor in american politics so during the second hour it's going to be a real treat for me to visit with um the author of uh, a new book it's um actually <laughs> alan yek is his name and and the book is a children's book for adults 
It's called uh, C is for Corruption, an ABC book of American politics. But we're going to start out this first hour talking about some research that's been done on Democratic losses in uh, factory towns in, in 10 states, including Michigan, with John Poland from the uh, 21st Century Democrats. So, um, We've got all kinds of good stuff for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. We're going to start the weekend off early with a little trip to the movies uh, during the third half of our three-hour tour. But we're going to talk. We're going to have some interesting things and fun things along the way. We'll be back. <laughs> Armchair politics is going to hell. Hell, Michigan, that is, and you are invited. On October 27th, Wednesday before Halloween, Armchair Politics will be broadcasting live from 9 a.m. to noon from the Hell Saloon in Hell, Michigan, near Pinckney. This will be our first in-person meeting of the Tom Sumner Program's weekly roundtable armchair politics since the beginning of the pandemic. Join me and roundtable regulars Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left and longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right, plus more on Wednesday, October 27, 2021, starting at 9 a.m. at the Hell Saloon. Armchair politics is going to hell, and you can too. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. Uh, my guest this hour is John Poland from 21st Century Democrats, who commissioned a report that um, st- uh, details how conventional political wisdom has completely missed the biggest electoral earthquake of the last decade, specifically highlighting how both Democratic and Republican parties have discounted and misjudged their appeals to voters in manufacturing heavy working-class towns in states like Michigan. And so uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit, find out what prompted the study and what the study showed with John Poland, who joins me by phone. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Hello. Now, did I set that up okay? Uh, It was the 21st Century Democrats that commissioned the report, but... uh, didn't American Family Voices have something to do with it as well? Uh, we, they certainly did. We uh, we co co commissioned, and this was recently published in the New York Times. Um, but let me let me ask this: What happened that set off the "we need a study" alarm? Well, it, it, I think it was <laughs> obvious to many. It was obvious to many folks that. The, the dialogue that was occurring in in most uh, of the political circles, the pundits, the commentators, and others, uh, the consultants, were all talking about uh, rural versus urban and the suburban swing voter, and everybody was giving that a lot of attention, and, and that doesn't cover a lot of the country. A lot of the country is not rural, it's not urban, and it's not suburban. There are uh, communities that exist in between that definition, and they have uh, 
Well, I I grew up in in Flint, Michigan, and I'm old enough to remember when when Genesee County, largely because of the UAW, was solidly democratic. And I, I mean, it was it was an anomaly to find a Republican in Genesee County. Of course, we had counties in Michigan where that was true for Republicans, but I happened to grow up in that environment. But as those manufacturing jobs left, the dominance of the UAW and uh, the Democratic Party began to lose its footing. Mm-hmm. Is exactly. that is that at the heart of what's gone on in a lot of historically manufacturing towns around the country? That's exactly at the heart of it. The the jobs that used to be there were good paying jobs that uh, folks could raise a family and, uh, and and own a home, have the car, and and live the life that was so uh, I guess perceived as the the American dream. For decades, uh, the loss of those jobs continued under both Democrats and Republicans. Uh, a lot of folks campaigned about how bad it was. A lot of folks said they were going to do something about it, but nothing's changed. And now it's it's to the point where those unions that were such a voice for the working uh, folks, but also uh, a, a voice for politics in the community, are no longer that voice. And the only noise that, that folks are getting is coming off the national media. And if you watch uh, Fox, for instance, you're only going to have a very limited view of the world and of the world's politics. And the Democrats don't have any uh, organization, organizational uh, outreach that, that, count, that can balance that supply of information. Well, and and, and this, you could say the same thing about other networks uh, on cable television, not just Fox, but certainly Correct. certainly MSNBC has got to be the mirror image. That's that's correct, and and they're getting a, a viewpoint that's uh, very uh, national, and it's very um, focused on on hot button issues, and it, it changes virtually week to week what the issue might be. And none of it really makes a difference in the lives of folks in Flint, Michigan. It's all talk and no action. Well, tell me, tell me a little bit, John, about 21st century Democrats. It's been around since 1985. Uh, founders included, uh, oh, who? Uh, uh, Tom Harkin. Tom Harkin. Is, Tom Harkin was who I was thinking of. Iowa Senator Tom Harkin and uh, Jim Hightower, uh, Texas Agriculture Committee uh, or Commissioner. And uh, I, I guess where I was going with this was I, I just wondered how you got involved with the 21st century Democrats because you don't really um, you don't have a Democratic accent. <laughs> No, I don't. Um, I'm, I'm an anomaly. Uh, it, it occurs, but much like Jim Hightower, I'm from the state of Texas, uh, and a friend of Jim Hightower's, and worked with Jim starting in, in politics in Texas, starting in, in the late 70s. So uh, we've been at this a long time together, and both of us, uh, as well as Senators Harkin and, 
and a number of other folks from around the country felt that that communities were being left behind, that communities were not being, um, that communities' issues were not being dealt with, or not even being talked about in some circumstances, but when they are, nothing is, is being done. And the, the Democrats just quit showing up. Uh, the consultants and the folks that run the campaigns out of Washington decided that it was all about uh, turning out the vote in the urban areas and, and, and swinging votes in the suburban areas, and they've abandoned uh, the rest of the country, which oftentimes is just described as rural. And you know, we're here to tell you that it's, that it's not rural. There's college towns out there. There's small manufacturing towns. There's mid-sized manufacturing towns that have lost a lot of jobs and have uh, lost a, really uh, a lot of the infrastructure that they had uh, in the in the past decades that would support a healthy community that would give their children an opportunity to to learn and then work and stay in those communities and we want to address those issues and we want to deal with those issues but the first thing you got to do as a democrat is just show up well this uh this report that um 21st Century Democrats and American Family Voices got together and, and commissioned, looks at 853 counties in 10 different states, including Michigan. And what you found is is significant in terms of, of Democratic vote losses. But how much of uh, were you able to really find answers to um, those trends as to why they were happening? Was it simply people moving around? Uh, that's some of it. As, as we know, uh, the children of, of the generation of, of folks that, from these manufacturing towns, the past generation, their children are, are migrating, seeking work elsewhere. Those that do stay behind have limited opportunity, and it's important that if we're going to make a difference in their lives, that, that they have opportunities in their communities and that some of these towns that have that strong manufacturing, historically manufacturing base, that we return jobs to those folks in, in industries that have a demand going forward. Uh, there's a good example right outside of, of Toledo, uh, of county i think a suburban county if you will it's not a you know toledo i guess you wouldn't call it a suburb of toledo but there's a an example of manufacturing town and its surrounding area that has brought in some jobs around manufacturing solar panels we for the last two decades have just ceded solar panel manufacturing to the chinese and now uh, we're at, at having problems getting the supply we need this particular factory that's they've put together in a, outside of Toledo, has already sold all of its production through the year 2022. So there are jobs to be had in manufacturing in this country if we can implement the right policies to get those folks working and get those jobs here in America. More with John Poland from 21st Century Democrats straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with John Poland from 21st Century Democrats straight ahead. Well, John, and I don't want to put you on the spot with this, but I have a tough time when I'm watching Washington being able to really tell who Democrats are. Um, yeah. Can you profile for me what what a Democrat is? It's you and you and I both. Uh, <laughs> we, we have the same we have the same problem. Um, it is difficult to identify and, and define a Democrat in uh, in very simple terms because the the disparity between Democrats uh, exists because the disparity exists between different parts of the country. And, and John, things. in all fairness, I could say the same thing if I were talking to someone from 21st century Republicans. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you will find that both uh, parties have what you know, many would consider a, a mainstream and others would consider a uh, more extreme or more uh, uh, outside of the, of the middle uh, base. And that's not what this is about, frankly. It's not about uh, liberal and conservative or moderate versus progressive. It's about winning versus losing. And to win, we're going to need to be able to identify the Democratic Party with a set of issues and values that resonate across the country. And I think that starts with jobs and an economy that provides work for our citizens and educational systems that provide opportunity for their children. And if we focus on those issues, we're going to not only grow the economy, but we're going to reduce the margin of losses in some of these counties that we're now experiencing in, in places like Flint and places like Toledo. So it's not a, we're going to flip these counties and we're going to turn it all around. We're going to lose some by less. And, and the objective is to gain the trust of voters and gain the trust of, of uh, these communities again and start making a, a difference in the elections in those communities. Because to be able to govern this country, we need to win Senate races and congressional races that include many of the very communities this study uh, is focused on. But from this report, what do you gain more um, information about uh, form or substance? Uh, it begins with the substance. There's a loss of jobs. There's a loss of health care. There's a loss of, of union participation. Uh, there's a loss of educational opportunity. And that's the substance the core here that needs to change and from that core you can build in i think then if if, if i understood the question correctly from that core you can build in a, a political process that will make a difference in the elections as well Be, because you john you did something that that a lot of uh, uh political operatives do you talked about you know in order to make these things happen we've got to win elections and and often that resonates with people as more of a form 
function. You know, we've mm-hmm. got to win elections. It's more about strategy and less about people and issues. And 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 I'm not saying that you did that, but it sounds like that. Yeah. And and I I want to make sure and and get into this because people listening to my show and and other shows like it, well, there aren't any other shows like it, but <laughs> they, you know, they hear from Republicans, we're the party of job creators, you know, trickle-down economics, you know, if you cut taxes on the people that create jobs, they'll create more jobs, and we cut the taxes, and they don't create the jobs. Mm-hmm. Democrats say if we, you know, if we look to this the, the new uh, innovation, if we look to green technology, that's going to create jobs. The technology comes along, but the jobs don't seem to come along. Mm-hmm. Don't both of these parties have to begin to deliver for real people in order for anything to change in terms of voter turnout and participation and so on? Absolutely. It's, if you look back over the last 20, uh, 30, 40 years, you'll find that uh, the parties. Um, switch control of the House, the Senate, and the presidency on a regular basis, and it's a and it is our belief it's a direct result of the failure to deliver. So, if I let left you with the impression that it was this discussion was tactical, I, I then I, I mis misrepresented it because it's I just not. I just don't want it to be heard that way, John. No, I understand. I understand. And I'm not saying you intended it or or that you even said it that right. way. I just don't want it to be heard that way. I, I understand, and I think you're right. It's It's got to be about focusing on this opportunity, focusing on those jobs, and delivering. And that then the politics will take care of themselves. The problem in Washington for the last 40 years is it's about politics. What, what will help you get reelected? Whether it's fundraising or advertising or uh, taking a position on issues. Our position is, it's about policy. Let's make a difference in people's lives. Let's deliver. The politics will take care of themselves then. Well, if we yeah, don't deliver, there's, there's we don't a, deserve to win. Uh, there's a saying that floats around Flint from time to time that, you know, Flint doesn't have any problems that 50,000 jobs wouldn't cure. <laughs> That's, that story, that line could be used in 853 counties that I know of, uh, based on that stud on this study, and that's just ten in ten states. So you can extrapolate that to, the, to include other states, including my home state of Texas. We have count, towns and counties that used to have jobs in manufacturing, and it wasn't the Dallas, Fort Worth, and Houston, but but places like Waco and other mid-sized communities, and those jobs have been lost. It's not an agricultural-based community. It's not rural, as many of the pundits would say. So, yes, it would apply in Waco just like it would apply in Flint. And you're right. It's about delivering. Uh, we we got a saying, where I come from, we got the talking part over. We've been talking for 40 years about what we're going to do about the job loss and the manufacturing base in this country. And neither party has delivered. But and we've got to deliver, and we've got to make a difference. Aren't both parties uh, sort of ignoring the elephant in the room? And I don't mean that as a GOP reference. Um, <laughs> yeah. Aren't they 
kind of missing the point that that what's happening with manufacturing and really the workplace in general is that technology and robotics and eventually AI are so changing the landscape that traditional policy is is not going to make anybody it's not going to put anybody in a better position the jobs aren't going to be there for humans there there is certainly a component of that that's that's core and fundamental to every economic model you look at going shouldn't, forward. shouldn't both parties be looking at a reinvention of the way uh, of of the economy period it the economy is reinventing and you and know, i'm not saying and i'm not saying we got to do what uh you know what uh, Andrew Yang said. You know where we give everybody two hundred and fifty bucks a week, and you know whether they have a job or not, it doesn't matter because they got a roof over their head and three squares. But, um, but we, but but he is right that we need to be thinking outside the box and and yeah. about reinventing the economy because it isn't just a matter of. You know, XYZ Corporation builds a big factory in Flint, Michigan, and hires 50,000 people, and they make widgets, and the widgets sell like crazy, and, you know, everybody has a snowmobile. Yeah, I, I, w- I would just tell you that I agree fundamentally with everything you just said with one uh, exception. We, we won't reinvent the economy. The economy is reinvented by the market. It is reinventing itself. We yeah, fair, fair point, John. Adjust to it, right? So we've got to either adjust to it or not. It's just that simple. And if and if you think cutting taxes, and but it just looks like both parties are swimming upstream. Right, right. And we're trying to make our party swim with the flow. We don't believe that it's going to be solved by cutting taxes, giving tax breaks to big corporations. That didn't work, it hasn't worked, and it won't work. I don't think it'll be some massive trade deals that we sign. Everybody cuts a you know, ribbon or hangs a banner saying mission accomplished. That won't do it. It's going to take a very specific uh, attempt to drive this new economy, opportunities, into communities, where we need jobs. And if it's manufacturing uh, solar panels using advanced robotics, that's jobs. If it's training people in Flint, Michigan to work with robotics, that's jobs. But it's not just saying, let's cut taxes, everything's going to work out. And it's not just saying, let's, you know, cut a trade deal with China. And it's all going to work out. It's all going to work out for China so far. We need to make it work out for the United States. And and where does that start? You know, by, President Biden is 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 trying to uh, move on on infrastructure, and he's getting a lot of pushback, um, yeah. even from even from other Democrats. Correct. 
And there is no better way to create jobs in this country than to work on the infrastructure in this country. Robots won't do that, won't fix those bridges. Americans will. And we're not fixing bridges in another country. We're doing it in America. So the beginning, this process will begin with that investment in rebuilding America's infrastructure. And when you put on top of that, bringing technology to the other, the forgotten parts of this country, broadband, as well as uh, hard infrastructure, the bridges, the roads, the rail, and the education, that educational opportunities that are needed for the workforce of the future, for the next generation of workers. We're going to be able to compete. We will not compete if all we're going to do is cut taxes, and we definitely won't compete. All all we're going to do is nothing, stick our head in the sand and not do anything. So this infrastructure legislation is critical to the success of the opportunities that we're advocating. John, what about the uh, the study itself and, and the numbers and, and the conclusions? Who is, is seeing this, uh, this study, and, and what are they able to get out of it? What, what is likely going to become, what are going to become the action items? I think first and foremost, uh, folks who are in policy-making policy-making positions are going to see that there is an area of, there are places in this country that are being ignored and that what we are trying to do around issues like infrastructure and education need to be promoted and need to be uh, advocated in those communities. Uh, I I hate to keep returning to this, but it comes back into showing up and starting the conversation. In the past, I think we relied on on the unions and other existing infrastructure in these communities to communicate these ideas. They're no longer there. And the information people are receiving now is so filtered and is so self-selected that it's not getting through. And we have to make an effort to get through to show up in these communities and get through to other folks. And no, we're not going to flip these counties from 75-25 to 25-75. That's not going to happen. But maybe there will be some folks that will see it and that they'll uh, give it a, you know, buy into it, and maybe the margins are cut. And that's important for electing people who believe in this idea that we need to invest in this country and we need to create jobs for our voters, our citizens, uh, and build back these manufacturing communities that have been left behind. Did you find in this uh, study, John, that, that Democrats were switching parties, or were they just moving away from the Democratic Party the way some Republicans are moving away from that party? Yeah, it's a combination of both. I think it began with a, a, a large move away from the party. And as often the case in the last 40 years, one party gets into power and they overreach and then folks move away from them back the other way. So there's this constant ebb and flow. And that's why you see uh, 
know, in the last 11 elections, five Democrats and six Republicans presidential wins. In the last 40 years, you've seen the House and Senate switch constantly. There are very few times when someone has really got control to institute policies that they want. When they do, they institute policies that have not made a difference in communities like Flint. They've made a difference in, in the corporate boardroom for the tax cuts, or they've made a difference in selected manufacturing, given some trade deals, but it has not resulted in any change fundamentally to the life, the quality of life in the Flint's of the country. And, and I, I, I just can't help uh, echoing uh, some sentiments that were shared on my uh, weekly uh, political roundtable this past week about the idea that, you know, in Congress, talking about the budget and the debt ceiling, there's one job, and they just keep putting Band-Aids on it. Mm-hmm. The reason they're revisiting this debt ceiling all the time is because they never do anything about it once and for all. They say, well, we'll extend mm-hmm. it for two months or, you know, we'll we'll uh, do a continuing resolution. Um, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are, are leaving both parties. And I, I think it was conservative journalist George Will a few years ago who said that the— um, the, that the largest party in America was the non-affiliated party. Yeah, it's increasing. It's and it's and it's it's charades like the debt ceiling uh, debate that drive people away from the parties. You know, the, the a government is no different than a business, which is no different than a household. You make money, you spend money. If you spend more than you have, you borrow. If you uh, spend less than you make, you save. There is no debt ceiling debate. There is no. There is no even reason to have a debt ceiling debate. Uh, this money has been spent. The Republicans in Congress, along with the Democrats, voted these expenditures that we're now having to raise the debt ceiling for. They've already committed us. The idea that we even have a debate over the debt ceiling <laughs> is in and of itself a farce. It, and it explains just exactly how it touched Washington is. Yeah, it 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 really is problematic, and um and and that's why it's important to do studies like the one we were talking about. It does the study have a title? Um, you know, it's a good question. I think it's I just think it's called uh, manufacturing towns. Let me just. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at something that says uh, factory towns report. Is that about and as good as we get? The, I, the reason that I ask, towns in it, they come into two categories. There's, there are the, the Flint, and then there's, just, there's a lot of factory towns or factory communities where there's not a city of more than uh, 35,000 in the county, but there are several communities that have a manufacturing base, and it's not agricultural base. So that, that's a lot of – that's half of many of these states. Fifty percent of the population falls in these categories. Well, the reason that I asked for the uh, the title of the report, John, was because I, we're almost out of time. And I want to thank you for spending this time with me. It's gone by way too fast. And, and we're just scratching the surface on what are some really important things. And I want to encourage people 
to dig down and find out more. I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and about 21st Century Democrats, about this report. So I was going to ask if you have a website and if people can access the report readily if they want to dig down a little bit. Uh, yes. there's. It's The study itself is called uh, Manufacturing Towns Where We Lost. It was really about... Uh, where the Democratic voters have have had a significant uh, drop off in in the votes, and let me get the uh, best lo- the you know the, the best way obviously is just to reach out to twenty first century Dems, and you can find that on uh, on your uh, of the website on your simple Google search just twenty first century Democrats, and there'll be a link to the study. Well, John, thanks again, and. Uh... Keep up the good work. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, and thanks for having me. All right. Take care. That was John Poland from, uh, or John Poland, rather, forgive me, from uh, 21st Century Democrats, uh, his organization, and the American Family Voices just commissioned a report that was recently published in the New York Times about uh, manufacturing towns and uh, the decline in support. In this particular case, they were looking for Democrats, but uh, they discovered that it was true for both parties. Anyway, we're going to take a uh, short break. We'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program right after this.
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zondrick. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. W.H. Weiskarper, a recent guest on the show, has pledged 50% of the proceeds from his book Twilight of Empire from sales between October 1st and October 31st to support the Tom Sumner program. W.H. Weiskarper, a former National Security Advisor and counsel for the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee, pulls no punches, fusing history with political intrigue in Twilight of Empire, the third of four planned novels in the Resurrection Saga series. W.H. Carver's book, Twilight of Empire, shows that the U.S. has all the wealth, science, and resources to solve every issue we face today. Twilight of Empire by W.H. Weiscarver is available on Amazon and Apple Books. For more information and to support the Tom Sumner program, visit whyscarver.com.
the Tom Sumner Program.com. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. A master of Native American humor is Brooks Hayes of Arkansas, special assistant to the president and former representative in Congress. Here is Mr. Hayes before the Pennsylvania Political Science and Public Administration Association. I always feel at home with the teachers of government, although I'm not an expert in this field. I am a practitioner. I'm not afraid of experts. I um, was sitting by uh, a couple in Washington at a dinner party one night when the man who had just met the lady said to her, and you're Mrs. Post? And she said, yes. Mrs. Emily Post? And she said, yes. Well, Mrs. Post, you're eating my salad. (laughs) And, uh... uh, My father was, uh, himself a country school teacher. And in this connection, I think you'd be interested in what happened when he took the census in 1900. Uh, Ask an old man standing in front of his cabin in this, uh, frontier country... Uh, his name, he said, I'm the enumerator, sir, and I need some information. What is your name? He said, Hearn, Randall J. Hearn. Father said, how do you spell it? Spell it yourself, stranger, I'm a (laughs) non-scholar. So, uh, uh, this, um, uh, this character, Randall J. Hearn, is not a fictional character. He is not legendary, as some members of Congress believe, because sometimes I would quote him in the Foreign Affairs Committee, and occasionally my chairman, Mr. Richards of South Carolina, would turn to me and say, what would Randall Hearn's opinion be on this proposition? And I knew he meant by that, what would... uh, what would the man at the grassroots think? What uh, would the non-scholar have to say about this problem? One of my Republican friends complained over the method adopted by the Democrats in a certain reapportioning problem, and uh, he was rather violent about it. He said, you Democrats are just not fair. Well, I said, looking at some of the things the Republicans do, I would say, you remind me of the country boys playing cards down in Arkansas. He looked over at his friend. He he said, play the cards fair, Reuben. I know what I dealt you. (laughs) Uh, And and, uh, sometimes it is possible for a politician to extricate himself from political pressures As uh, Claude Swanson said with his famous five rules, uh, the first rule being, when in doubt, do right. (laughs) (laughs) You might be interested, incidentally, in those other four rules. I believe I can recall them. He said, uh, first, never buy your ticket till you hear the train whistle. Uh, Second, always be strong for something nobody can be against. Then the third one I've indicated. Fourth, never use one word if five will do. (laughs) Finally, always stick to your party. If the storm comes and uh, the vessel threatens to sink, move the ballast and try to save her. But if she sinks, follow the rats. (laughs) 
I rejoice in the trend these days, seeing an academician often leave his cloisters to enter the political arena. That's good. And uh, I think of some very notable careers that have come out of that response that you uh, sometimes make to the, the lure that is always present. But the little lady in England was asked, you know, who did you vote for? And she said, vote? Oh, I never vote. It only encourages them. <laughs> Then, uh, because you believe in, uh, in precision and in uh, a scientific evaluation of party positions, you do not agree with the little lady who said, when she was asked about the difference between the Tories and the liberals, oh, she said the only difference is that the Tories think they're better born and the liberals just know they're born better. <laughs> And I think the book could be written on what the uh, sweet little ladies in England say about politics, uh, or even in, uh, in Arkansas, because you may have heard the story of uh, the little lady who was voting for the first time when women were given suffrage, and she rode to the polls with her son, who could see she was quite agitated over the prospect of participating in this great experiment in government, government by consent of the governed, and that she went in to vote that attitude of eagerness and anticipation was registered on her countenance. But when she came out and got in the car, it was obvious that she was disappointed. She was very solemn and grave. And as uh, they went home, he said, Mother, who did you vote for? She said, Son, I, I'll, I'll tell you. I looked at the ballot, and there were the names of such good men listed for these offices, such good men, um, such uh, fine, noble people. I just didn't have it in my heart to vote against any of them. I just wrote at the bottom of the ballot, God bless you all. <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Get your kick. 
city looks mighty pretty Sienna Gallup, New Mexico Flagstaff, Arizona Don't forget Winona Kingston, Boston San Bernardino Won't you get hit to this timely tip When you make that California trip Get your kicks on Route 66 Program, don't you know? Go on, go on, get out of here. 